So this year, I'm really focused on my health, sticking to a routine, and that's why I've been loving Symbiotica. Symbiotica is one of the fastest growing health and wellness companies out right now, and they're one of the only brands that are wholly committed to your health. They don't use any seed oils, no preservatives or toxins in their supplements. They source the best ingredients from all around the world, and they're super easy to take when you're on the go. They also taste good. I try to stay really consistent with my morning routine and something that I always include is taking my supplements every single day. I've been taking these Symbiotica supplements and loving them. My goal has been to support my immune system with the supplements that I've been taking. So I've been taking them every morning with my coffee and my breakfast. Joe does as well. And I've been really loving the results that I've been seeing. My routine, I have my eggs in the morning, I take a Symbiotica and I'm ready to take on the day, hit the gym, I'm more alert, I just feel good. What's even better is that Symbiotica makes it a breeze to stay on track. With a subscription, your supplements arrive at your doorstep every month. Ready to feel the results? Head over to Symbiotica.com and use Bachelor for 15% off your subscription order. Serena, you know what I want to do right now? What's that, Joe? I want to travel because I feel like we've been stuck in this apartment for just a little too long. I couldn't agree more. Honestly, I love getting away. It's great in New York, but I could use a little bit of vacation. There's nothing I enjoy more than going on vacation with you. I agree. (laughs) You're my favorite travel partner. We can go try new restaurants, check out different cities. Should we go right now? I mean, we're always looking for our next place to go. So where should we go? Maybe a beach. I have a good idea. Take the Beachbound Vacations Perfect Beach Finder Quiz. You could find exactly what you are looking for by taking this five-question assessment. Find your perfect beach vacation and take the Perfect Beach Finder Quiz exclusively at Beachbound.com. There's a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. Show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. There is power in every purchase because every time we buy a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. Welcome back, Happy Hour listeners. We hope you've had a great week. I have had a very enjoyable week because, Rachel, I have to admit... I re-listened to our podcast and the (laughs) 90s really got me walking down memory lane. And for the past seven days, I have been blasting 90s music like no other. My neighbors probably think like, I don't know, I'm on this 90s kick, but I can't get rid of it. It's the best. But how are you doing after the fun, fun episode we did last week? Your neighbors are probably saying thank you. Oh, they're definitely. like, oh, she's taking me down memory lane. Oh, I remember that. You even sent in the group chat that you were listening to Wonderwall. Mm-hmm. I actually have been more of an, in a 90s country mood. Ooh, like, I'll listen mm-hmm. to that playlist, too. I'll get into, like, my Garth. I was jamming mm-hmm. Garth the other day. Shameless. Ooh, nothing like some Garth or uh, uh, some Shania. Here we go again. (laughs) Who I have seen both of them in concert. I have to let you guys know who we have on the podcast today because you probably have never heard from her on our podcast. She's a newbie with us. um, Mm -hmm. But I'm sure if you have followed Bachelor Nation for a while now, you definitely have heard of her. We have none other than Miss Catherine Lowe joining us. She is the wife of Sean Lowe, who was on season 17 of The Bachelor, which seems like, I mean, I remember watching Sean's season in college i believe and but like to this day it doesn't feel like that long ago but when i say season 17 i'm like damn that that was actually quite some time ago um but for those of you who don't know Catherine's incredible she has a 
beautiful family with three amazing children with Sean. So she is a true bachelor success story. She is also a proud Filipino woman, and she has recently been very outspoken about the hate crimes that are affecting the Asian community. And so we're looking forward to sharing our platform today with her to continue that important conversation around this topic. So she will be hopping on very shortly. But before we have her on, I just want to check in with Rachel because you've had a lot go down this week. Um, you know, we know Copper had some health issues. He was, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of rumors circulating around poor Copper. Like the speculation has been driving people wild. So since we have you here, we just need to set the record straight with what has been going on with Mr. Copper. You know what I think it is? Because people first met Copper and he had a cast on. So, and people, people <laughs> always think, oh my gosh, something's always wrong with him. Poor Copper. And the story is kind of like, what happened to Copper's cast? And I'm like, oh, he jumped off something. And they're like, wait, we need more details when he hurt his foot. So now it's like, okay, wait, what happened to Copper? He's in a cone. You know, my, my co-host on another podcast said he had a BBL, <laughs> said he had lipo. And I, and I had to refute that rumor. That is not true. That is not true. Copper had a lipoma. And um, so like a benign mass on his stomach. And it was growing like he's he had it. I saw it a couple months ago. I've been measuring it with fingers. It got one finger bigger. And I was like, absolutely not. Oof. So I had it tested for a second time. It was benign. But I was like, let's remove it just because mm -hmm. it's on his stomach. It was, it was yeah. getting big. And um, so he had that removed. That's it, you guys. He also had a deep cleaning on his teeth. He did not have any <laughs> teeth pulled, nor did he have any replaced. Okay. <laughs> just some no veneers. Just some, you know touch-ups that he needed some touch-ups oh, so he is doing fine thank copper. you so much for asking thank you everybody else for asking people were very worried and i love that copper has just wiggled his way into your hearts mm -hmm. you know he's become america's or at least bachelor nation's dog and i i love that but i am not alone here on the doggy stories <laughs> you becca have a story to tell about old little minnow what oh. happened <laughs> Let me tell you what, I swear she turned two years old two weeks ago. And like when they say the terrible twos hit, I swear that's a real thing. Because when she when I was singing happy birthday to her, I, I made a joke about the terrible twos. And it like it's happening. She's been like, so stubborn, so extra over the top sassy lately. But she um, so usually when I walk her, I just have like a normal leash and collar. Mm -hmm. But lately, because she loves to go squirrel hunting so hard that <laughs> I've been putting her in her harness, which is then, like, attached to this, like, very elastic leash that then goes around my waist with a good little fanny pack like the dog mom that I am. Mm -hmm. And um, she uh, lately has figured out how to finagle her way out of this harness. She just, like, does this, like, weird, really quick, like, scooty thing, through like, through the back of it. And so I was walking her yesterday... And um, there's always one corner. I don't know what it is. There's this one intersection by where I live that she, I don't know if it's like, there's not a sidewalk. So I don't know if it just freaks her out, but she somehow so quickly, I think I was like digging in the fanny pack for a poop bag or something. She finagled her way out of it, started running. And luckily there's, there's like this tucked away park behind some homes where I live. And she mm -hmm. always knows where to go. Like she loves going to the park. We always go there to play fetch. It's the area she can be off leash in our neighborhood. So she thankfully ran there. So I'm running after her, like with my coffee, swinging the poop bags, like literally <laughs> screaming like a maniac. And, um, 
get to the park and she's just like in the corner like sniffing and then all of a sudden she starts rolling so i'm running through the park like trying to find like what she's rolling in thinking it's like dog poop or something and like lo and behold she loves her squirrels there's a dead half-eaten squirrel that she's she rolling, was rolling in she's, guts she's literally rolling in guts yeah and i like i don't know why dogs roll in that like i don't know i, I, I should uh, probably just google does it not well, thank goodness. You, Minna needs to spend some time with Copper because I Minna's she's just, wild. <laughs> she's a wild dog. And we, I always <laughs> joke with my sister because my sister also has two corgis. And one of them is like the star student, the sweetest old little corgi in the world. The other one, Junebug, we call her the trash dog because she's the same way. She'll like roll in dog shit. She'll like oh eat God. squirrels and mice. Now Minna, of course, is like turning into this little trash monster. So ended <laughs> up bringing her home and I wanted to scold her, but I also like, didn't want to like get too close and touch her. And like, here she is. She Minnow. knows we're talking about her. Yeah. She knows we're talking about her right now. Um, so I, I, but then I had to pick her up and put her in the bathtub. It's like really not that great of a story. It was just like, I was really flustered for a while. Gave her a bath. Thank goodness for scouts honor. We do ads with them through the podcast, but like, Oh my God, it actually smells incredible. So yeah, um, so she was in timeout for a while last night. I okay, so Copper's not like that. He's such a you know, you've been around him. Like, he's mm-hmm. so Copper's chill. So I'm not used to that type of behavior. But I Minnow is wild. Oh my gosh, that is a good story to tell. Minnow, wow. Yeah. Wow. I, Copper, we're not gonna be, you're not allowed to hang around Minnow anymore. <laughs> Minnow needs to go to She's school. a bad influence. Seriously, if there are any trainers out there, please DM me because she needs she needs to be, you know, she needs some tough love these days. And I can't discipline her. I feel too bad. And I like, if I yell at her, then she just like gets extra snuggly. So she doesn't really learn. And because then I think it's cute. So I just, I think I just need to pay somebody to help me with her a little bit. Yeah, I actually know of a trainer. I'll DM you one. And listen, I feel like we talk about our dogs a lot on here because there mm-hmm. are babies, there are fur babies. Um, and a lot of people will ask, I, I'm sure they do with you, but ask questions about like, oh, where did you get Copper? Where did you get Minnow? Mm-hmm. Um, both Minnow and Copper are rescue dogs, you guys, which, mm-hmm. um, as you can see, come in all different shapes, sizes, and personalities. <laughs> yes. But if you're in the LA area, I work with a group called Paul Works, and it's paulworks.org. And you can go on their website um, and they have, they're, they're amazing, amazing, amazing group, rescue group. And um, they really do a lot uh, with, with just like dogs and finding them in different shelters. And especially like when their fire's out, they mm-hmm. take fires oh. going in the area, they take dogs in the pandemic, they've done a lot. So um, yeah, if you're in the area and you're looking for a dog to rescue, with you, go. I want to join you with this. Yeah. Come with me next time. Sure. I swear, like, my goal in life is to be the the woman in Bridesmaids where, you know, she's the one when she's driving the minivan and she has, like, the seven <laughs> dogs in the back seat. Like, that's my goal one day is to just have this a, could a be you very soon. printer van full of dogs. This could be you. <laughs> <laughs> but I clearly can't even handle one right now. So that's, like, very, very far off in the future. All right, you guys. Well, without further ado, we are going to be bringing on our guest. Hopefully, you are excited to hear from her because I know we are. Again, this is the first time we've ever had Catherine Lowe 
on our podcast. So Bachelor Happy Hour listeners, please welcome Catherine Lowe. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Becca. Hello, hello. Catherine, I guess just to kick this off, we want to check in with you, see how you have been through all of this craziness in the past year. Obviously, check yeah. in on your babies. Um, I mean, so honestly, like I can't complain about how COVID has affected our family. Obviously, they've it's been um really hard to explain to our children, and there's a lot of things that has, has affected us, but our normal day-to-day really hasn't changed very much. So there's really nothing for Sean and I to complain about. We both work from home. Um, our kids aren't old enough to do like virtual. So we've been in a similar pattern as before, which is very nice and comfortable for my kids because they're not affected too much. Um, so it's not a huge conversation piece besides like the virus hurting people and we want it to go away and we have to do all these things to make sure that we're safe. But other than that, they haven't been uh, traumatized or anything like that. So we're very, very grateful for um, the way that we've just, it's kind of been a similar way we've lived um, Mm -hmm. besides traveling and things like that. But yeah, I mean, we've, we are just raising a bunch of kids. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait, are we, is it three? Are we three and out or are we? Are we? I don't know. Okay. Okay. Honest. That's a fair. That's yeah. That's we don't know. That's fair. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Um, we've talked about adoption in the past, and we're praying about it, and we're talking about it, and we're trying to see if that's right for what we are. But three, three in a pandemic under four is really tough. So we're like, yeah. Oh, yeah. is this something that we're capable? Because we want to be present for if we bring another child into it, whether it's natural or it's, um, you know, through an adoption agency. So we're just trying to kind of um, tread water now, see what we want to do and be present because we really want to be present for each of our children's chapters mm-hmm. and then see from there, like, hey, is this something that we want to take on? Because it's a huge responsibility to bring another child in, whether it's, again, uh, through pregnancy or um, any other means. Mm-hmm. Say all the ages again. Four, two, and one. Woo! Ooh, Catherine. Busy, busy. <laughs> Oh my man, gosh. the last one, that last one was a surprise. And I was very, I was very, um, shocked. <laughs> I, I like, didn't know that was a surprise. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. I didn't know that. Yeah. We, I was 11, like our, our youngest was 11 months at the time. And I found out the day before my birthday and I was like, I need some time. Uh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be fat for four years now. And I was like, take it really hard. Um, But she's like a beauty. She's such a gem and love having her. She's just so loved by the kids and Mm -hmm. uh, she's a, her very strong personality. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to learn from other moms with very sassy girls Mm -hmm. and see how to handle it and what to do. Cause it's a lot. I'm like just anticipating okay, how I'm going to handle this because I know she's going to be opinionated. Mm-hmm. And that's an awesome thing for a girl. So just like, okay, how do I channel it? Not towards me, maybe. Right. See where we can put that energy. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been awesome. We love being together. So just wait Aww. till she gets to middle school. It doesn't matter like what kind uh, of mom you not. are. I feel like, oh <laughs> man, Rachel and I were just talking about how, well, I, not for Rachel because her her dog is a gem. I'm like, I can't even handle one dog right now. Like, so kudos to you to raising these three beautiful babies <laughs> in it, like in the midst of this pandemic. Um, how are the boys taking to her? They're obsessed with her and it, it's interesting to see the dynamic that the boys bring individually. So 
Samuel makes her laugh. And like, that's what he wants to do is like make her laugh and be there for her um, to be silly. And then Isaiah is somebody that, who uh, nurtures her, who goes mm. up to her and just kisses her. And it's such a sweet um, just dynamic between each of them and their relationships with each other. But there's mm. something special about Isaiah and Mia, which is the two and the one. They're like babies together, but they act very, very close. And, and it's kind of interesting because you know that your, your kind of personality is very well crafted very early on. Mm-hmm. And I can see them being best friends forever uh, and like how they treat each other and how they respond to each other. So it's, it's really cool. And I'm just like trying to witness it and take in everything that they do together. because It's a very mm-hmm. special bond. Oh, hopefully you have a lot of scrapbooks. Yes. I have like 20,000 pictures on my phone and I don't know what to do about it. Cause my phone's like <laughs> so slow. I'm like, why is my phone slow? Like, yep. Document oh. everything. <laughs> All of the things. Is, is Mia walking yet? Yes. She's uh, climbing and we don't have a baby gate. Like we've never baby proofed anything in our house. So we're like, let's see what happens with the stairs. And we're mm-hmm. just, she's, she's good about it. She'll walk all the way up the stairs and crawl up there. And then at the top, she'll just be like, okay, I'm ready to come down. And she'll just kind of scream. Oh my um, gosh. So it's kind of like, okay, well, they at least know risk and they know how to do things safely. So we're not, it's, it's been very interesting. And she's, she's just running all over the place. She's trying mm-hmm. to keep up with the brothers. Which I was fine. just going to say, she wants to keep up with the boys. And then she always has have them. She has them to protect her. I'm sure. Yeah, and but she's also like I can do this on my own. So it's it's really fun because I didn't grow up with boys. Really, I grew mm-hmm. up with two oh, sisters. No, me neither. And I don't know anything about boys. I'm learning it. It's weird because you're mm-hmm. like, oh, that starts early. <laughs> okay, okay. And I'm just like learning a lot more about my husband through seeing babies that you know wiener you're like mm-hmm. what, 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 oh my gosh this is like really comes out of the womb you guys do this so i'm <laughs> i'm giving my husband less of a hard time yeah well speaking um, of your husband how has sean been he's been great um he has a very successful furniture company now and just expanding and really thriving in that and really loving what he does. He's a really good partner in that and they're best friends and he was the best man at our wedding. And so it's really cool to see him do something that he really loves, something that he is passionate about, but also just excelling at. And again, we're so blessed. We get to do stuff at home together. We get to just be a family. We eat breakfast, lunch, dinner together every single day. We get to play and, wow. and stop things. And that's the, like, that's the beauty of, of having your own business and wanting to be with each other is that we get to be with each other. And like, Hey, if you guys all want to go, like, let's go to the park. It's such a nice day. Let's do that. And we get to do that. And we don't, um, like we don't, we see the beauty in that. And we see that, that we are very, very fortunate. A lot of people mm-hmm. don't get to do that. Um, and so we're trying to, we hope we're not spoiling them with time because at some point this isn't going to be the norm. Like they're going to have school and all this stuff. Like how are they going to adapt when we aren't together 24 seven, but mm-hmm. we get one at a time and we are just so grateful that that's our life. Oh, good. it sounds amazing. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm kind of like, give me a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a one-year-old. Let me do this thing. <laughs> I don't think I could. So no. kudos to you. Um, Catherine, one of the things we really want to talk to you about is we want to talk about your support 
for the Asian community. What's happening right now in our country? It's absolutely disgusting. It's despicable. You've been using your platform to bring awareness, telling some of your own personal stories about what's going on, how you've been impacted, how it affects your family. And we really just want to dig into it because unfortunately, the Asian community and culture, we don't see that represented that much in Bachelor Nation. And uh, our listeners are Bachelor Nation. That's pretty much who's listening. And so I want to talk about what's going on from your, and you give us the perspective, you take the floor and like what people need to know about what's happening and how they can help. So it it's really like what kind of put everything over the edge was the spa, right? The spa mm-hmm. shootings. And I think it's really, that was, a, that was, it was boiling over at that point for a year now. Um, you know, the attacks have increased 150% yeah. because of, you know, I think we all kind of know where that comes from. And it's a really scary thing to know that people, obviously mental health, it has a huge part of what's going on in so many things, ignorance, um, mental health issues, and just kind of the environment right now and, and people feeling scared and feeling uh, disempowered and they feel like, okay, well now I want to kind of uh, empower myself and try to do something, take things into my own hands. Right. right. So um, the unfortunate thing is that one Asians, I think from such a long time ago have been viewed as weak because they're not very loud as a culture. Like culturally they don't, they want to assimilate they want to succeed, and that's what they've been seen as in society. And so I feel like with these upcoming attacks, they feel like, one, Asian communities are weak because they're not hugely represented in um, a ton of positions. They're culturally a little bit more quiet, and then they go for the elderly, which it, it's just like, honestly, it, it makes absolutely no sense to me, one, that it's an elderly person at all that are being attacked. Um, that's like the equivalent of a baby. You think you see a baby, yeah. you're going to go hurt a baby. That's the equivalent of an elderly person. And also in the Asian community, elders are so highly revered. Like we look at our elders, they're our storytellers. We protect them. We take them into our homes. We make sure that they are safe. We make sure that um, they are honored. Um, so it's been really, really hard for the Asian community to see that not only the Asian community has been targeted, but the elderly are being the the victims and the targets of, of these just terrible, terrible crimes. And obviously the shootings were disgusting, but there's also things that have happened throughout the year that maybe they haven't been newsworthy for some, but they're disgusting acts of uh, violence and hatred that, you know, pushing elderly down and um, just treating people like not people because of little things that are allowing them to see Asian people as maybe a, a, an, an issue or a reason why the virus is. So I think just people are taking things too far. Um, mental health has, has, to, has to be taking, um, like has to have a part in this. And then also ignorance, you know, they, they don't really understand, uh, you know, how, how beautiful the, range of Asian cultures are, what they, um, what they add to society and what they want to do as Americans. 
I, I've read this article, um, I think it was on Time Magazine, and they called the, the Asian community perpetual foreigners. So when people see Asian people, they think that they're not American, which is a really, really hard thing because mm-hmm. just like everyone else that has come to this country, they have learned the, um, the, the language, they've learned the systems, they've learned everything, and they're trying their best to do what they can within their families. They're taking their families into a really hard place, but they know it can be better if they come here and they do what they're supposed to do. And just because your head is down doesn't mean that you're not that that you shouldn't be valued, that you shouldn't be heard, that you shouldn't that your your life doesn't mean anything. So it's been really really hard to watch this go down um, and this increase over the last year, and not really been talked about until the last couple months. Is this something? And I'm you know granted like the children are still so young, like Samuel's four, but is this some sort of conversation that you're having in your homes with these children? And I, and I can imagine once they do become a little bit older, you definitely probably want to bring your culture to the kids as well. And that's something that I'm sure you want to keep in the household and near and dear to your heart. So what, what kind of conversation are you and Sean having of like how you want to bring your cultures together with the children? So my mom is like, she's full Filipino. She was born in the States and she's a, a Filipino historian. So she is, wow. I mean, she has a, she has a book. She wrote, I think it was at 24 years old about the Filipino history um, in the 1800s to the 1900s. So she's like very well versed in the history of the Filipino community in the United States. She also has, like, I'm just going to brag on my mom. She's what's up. Um, <laughs> she has a Filipino exhibit at Wing Luke Asian Art Museum in Seattle. So there's this Asian art museum and, um, it's she has an exhibit and she's run it for years because she's just so proud of her culture and you know in turn my sisters and I were only half Filipino but she made us you know we learned the word like how to spell Philippines at a very young age um, and we were in Filipino folk dance we were so immersed in the Filipino culture and the community in Seattle and now like. I, it's part of me. Like, it's something that I love so much that Filipino dancing and karaoke and the food and the family and elders, like that just is part of me, just like everybody else. How, how you grew up is how you kind of want to either, some people want to bring it forward or some people want to like suppress things. And we've just celebrated not only the Filipino culture, but like every other culture. My parents met in Japan. And they took a their honeymoon in Africa. My parents are very well traveled and they're very cultured. And something that I love is bringing the food and the stories very at the forefront early on. Right, we're eating falafel at home. We're having gyoza. We're trying. Um, I mean, we we put out to my kids. We, we start with food because that's just something that they can grasp. And we start like, okay, this is from, this is from Africa. And what does that mean? And where does that look like? And what do they uh, hold dear to them? So it's just, it's fun for me. I think also what's really, really important now is representation. Um, You know, I'm 34 years old, but Raya in The Last Dragon is a new Disney movie. And now I finally have a Disney princess, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's, it's these things where as a kid, you don't really think about it. But as a half Asian woman, it's really hard to kind of fit in. And you're trying to think, okay, well, I'm not Filipino enough and I'm not white enough. Where do I fit? And so many people now are are kind of feeling that way. And the only real way to start at a young age to understand is exposure. 
Mm-hmm. And my kids are exposed to so many things. And that's so important to Sean and me. Sean knows how big of a part my family and what my heritage is. Um, and he cannot, he is so excited to celebrate that with our kids. I mean, when we were trying to figure out what kind of name we wanted to name our daughter, Mejia is my middle name. And it's my mom's maiden name. And it's my grandmother's last name. And Mejia is Filipino. And so when we're talking about names, he he said Mia. And I was like, oh, Mia's okay. And then he's like, what about Mia Mejia? And I was like, okay, you just, you like ended it. That is absolutely her name. And so he and I are just so on the same page of exposing our children to different cultures, different people, uh, different abilities, and making sure that they're just aware so that they can they can have meaningful conversations. But that starts really early and to show them, hey, this is somebody that means something to you. This is somebody that means everybody means something to you. So when you see somebody that is out there at the park, you're not like, okay, I shouldn't be scared of them. It's no, this is a person and you need to treat them with respect and you always have to be nice to everybody. Um, and I think so much of what we're experiencing right now could be just paired back to how do we tell our children how to act? Well, we need to kind of listen to ourselves and how we're speaking to other people. Do you list like, hey, kids, you need to listen. You need to share. You need to um, respect other people and their space. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's just like so many things. If we just bring it back and understand how to treat other people just at the base of humans, like so much of these things would not be happening. Um, and I just, it's such a sad thing that we kind of have to unlearn so many bad things and hurtful things to get back to basics. I mean, what's, <laughs> do you, if you, if you see something that's going on, that's bad, do something about it. It doesn't matter right. what it is. If there's an injustice, you do something about it. If someone is getting um, talked down, like loudly getting talked down to at the park and you can sense that it's something wrong, you say something, you step in, it, is there something I can do? It doesn't matter anything other than what humans should be doing for each other. And mm-hmm. I think that's where it should start. At So, so well said. And like one of the things we've talked about is like, we have to be better in this generation to be better for the next generation. And like you said, it starts with your children. And it's it's so sad because by the time that we get to the point where it becomes mainstream, it's been happening, like you said. You know, it's it didn't start with what happened in Atlanta. This is, and it didn't start just last year with labeling a virus, um, you know, to, that a certain way where it allowed people to blame other people for a virus. It started before that. I was looking into this, and this is goes into what you were saying about awareness. Like, if we have to unlearn things from the past, and we need to be aware, though, of how things were started in this country. And the Asian community has been discriminated by this government for centuries mm-hmm. with the Chinese Exclusion Act and then internment. So these are deep-rooted stereotypes, stereotypes and and, and discrimina- discrimination that has been ex- come from the top and trickled down into our society. And we need to be aware of it and we need to know that so that we don't repeat that. So for people who are looking for resources on maybe didn't know some of these things, maybe you're just now becoming aware to what's happening to what's been happening to the Asian community, where can they go to learn more, 
Um, I don't know if it's like a social media page, if there's a website, if there are books, where, where can people go? Well, I, I mean, I'm not an expert on, you know, the actual, like the people that are really, really making a difference. But mm-hmm. when you see people posting Stop Asian Hate and there's the resources, there's like a ton of people to follow, um, websites to, to donate to, education to donate to. But I feel like so much of it needs to just be at a human level. Let's start with having those conversations with our kids. If we see somebody out, like I was at the zoo and Samuel saw this girl's beautiful braided hair and she's black girl and she had this beautiful long red hair. And Samuel said, you know, oh, her, um, look at her hair. And I said, isn't it cool? Like, don't like it. Isn't that beautiful? These are things that we need to be kind of talking about mm-hmm. in in every like everywhere is an opportunity. And whether that's supporting local Asian cuisine right now, because they've taken a huge hit. Um, you know, any Asian business right now is struggling because of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously COVID. But I think starting in your community, making sure that um I wouldn't necessarily say like check on on your Asian friends. Maybe that's maybe that's going to be helpful to some people. But I feel like making a fundamental um, uh, point to hey, okay, this week let's try a different cuisine. Let's try let's go to Vietnamese food. Let's go to Thai food, or let's go to a, a museum of art and see mm-hmm. like an Asian art museum and see the differences because. The range of Asians, it's so big. And I think yeah. so many people think, okay, well, this is like Tiger Mom. So that's that must be all of them. Well, I didn't grow up with the Tiger Mom. That's not a Filipino thing. So I think really educating yourself on the beauty of all the cultures in Asia is really just somewhere because you know, I love to talk about the fact that I'm Filipino when we're at the park or whatever. Some people come up to me, it's like, oh, well, where are you from? I love that because it's an opportunity to talk, but some people don't like that because they might feel like, oh, well, is that all that you think of me? It's like, that's, it's just, you just want to know where I'm from. I think it should happen naturally in conversation, but there's so many different variations of of, uh, Asians, what they look like, what they eat, what they revere, what, um, you know, what they, just who they are and how they Mm -hmm. grew up and and what, what kind of cultural values they hold. But for the most part, they're all, their food is really important. Their stories, their elders are really important. And um, I think we can all kind of agree on that. So I feel like if we kind of just, again, we take things down and we take all the layers away, we're all wanting the same thing. We want health for our families. We want um, love and we want respect. Um, but again, I, I feel like the, just to kind of go back, if you go, because so many people are posting, and that's such an awesome thing. If you follow, uh, a ton of publications right now are showing the resources. So, like, even if you don't follow Asian people, which I, you know, maybe branch out and try and see if there's somebody that you might like, whether it's a, a chef or an artist. There's like a ton of wonderful small businesses that are owned by Asian um, people that are proud and uh, want to show our cultures. Mm-hmm. So check out the all the resources. There's like so many. Um, that I can't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I love too that you're just like, your mentality is like immerse yourself in different cultures. Like, and that's one thing that, I mean, obviously 2020 has put a hit on so many different things, but the fact that like now people can't even travel. And so it's like, go and travel to these incredible places. Like I like till the day I die, I will say my favorite places that I've traveled are Thailand and Bali for 
the religion, for the culture, for the food, for all the things that if people, you know, can just for a lot of people too, because I grew up in Minnesota and a lot of them are like homebodies and don't necessarily like they don't know what they're missing until they do it. They don't feel that need. But if you can just step outside of comfort zones and push yourself to have a conversation or to go eat at a new place that you never normally would, um, like those are baby steps. And those are simple things that we can do um, in our society to just gain a better understanding and and respect for others. One thing that I want to ask you, because I recently read an article I think it was the one in E News um, that you that you wrote and you said um, you felt like when you were on the show bringing it back to Sean season you felt like um, and I don't want to I I don't want to quote this because I don't know if these were your exact words but you said you felt like you were on the show because you were kind of checking their box you know for having an Asian woman portrayed on his season so and, you know and that was uh, season seventeen so that was several years ago so since then I mean and I'm I'm assuming you still watch or keep up with the the Bachelor franchise as a whole um, for the most part a little bit hopefully in some way so since then since you felt that back for season seventeen have you seen any sort of change for the better do you wish that the franchise would have moved faster in more diversity as a whole or watching it now what are some steps that you would urge the franchise to to take to include more Asians, more people of color, um, to better represent society? Well, I feel like they're doing a, a good job of, of now kind of going in the, the lead has to have some sort of attraction to different ethnicities. Mm -hmm. I think it starts there because other than that, it's like filler. And that feels wrong. That feels wrong yeah. because you're not giving mm -hmm. people a chance to really go up higher into like how long the weeks go on. And you can't see them represented long enough because they're not genuinely attracted. So like Sean has dated a black girl. He's dated a Filipino. And I feel like when he said I'm attracted to any race, he meant it. And so when they all came on, right? We all came on. I didn't know that. I thought, okay, it's this blonde white guy. He likes blonde girls. Like I'm just here because I just am, am ethnic and, I, and I'm checking the box. And that's generally what I thought because I didn't know enough. And that was my bad because I just assumed because he looked like that and he was from Texas. And, and most leads do. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Do. So, right. So I feel like if we're getting, and, and I think it's also a leads, um, responsibility to say like, well, I'm really not attracted to X, Y, and Z. Like they, they're, I'm sure they're saying like, okay, like, can you, did you say Rachel, like who you were attracted to? Yeah. Everybody. To? Yeah. Well, I was like, everybody. Right, but, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Right. But like, if somebody doesn't mean that and they're just saying it because it's like the nice right. thing to say, then they're going to, they're going to cast beautiful, rich cultural people that aren't going to go far because they just didn't have a chance because they're genuinely not attracted. So I think right. when we're getting up into now, okay, we're having black leads and we're having, um, you know, I don't know. It's just really, it's just black, but Tasha is half. Um, yeah. Latina. She's half so, Latina. So I think it's, it's starting with the lead because genuinely I feel like casting has a job to do. Right. And they want to represent but it's also the lead who chooses who stays longer. And if they're genuinely not attracted to people of different cultures, I think it starts there because then they're not going to get to stay longer, which you want to hear their stories. You want to see represented more. So it can't just be like, okay, well, there's, you know, there's three black girls on the season now and they're all falling off in the first couple of weeks because they weren't 
they're just, you're getting a lead who's not attracted to that. And that doesn't feel right. fair. Right. So I feel like they need to maybe just cast someone. And I don't know if that's looking into the background more. I don't know what it is, but I think it's, it's having an honest conversation with the leads. Hey, if you're not attracted, then this is a deal breaker, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Definitely. No. Amazing suggestion and something that we definitely need to see. And hopefully we will. Hopefully we will moving forward. Now, Catherine, you're what we call a superwoman. Okay. Mm -hmm. You not only are the mother of three young, very young, beautiful children, you are a wife. You are using your platform to bring awareness to what is happening to your community and how and how we can all be better in that sense. Um, after listening to you talk, I'm saying you're a human humanitarian as well. I mean, seriously, I was motivated. I was like, let me have a baby so I can so I can train this baby to be better for this country because this country needs it. Seriously. But you are also a businesswoman. And mm -hmm. can you talk to us about what it is that you do, your business, Loco, the importance of just working, owning your own business and setting that example for your daughter? So I never expected to be an entrepreneur. It's like, it's too scary for me. It's too unknown for me. I was like, clock me in at 8.30, clock me out at 5. I'll go live my life. I was fine with that. I, I was a graphic designer um, at Amazon. And so my background is in the creative space. And when I met Sean, obviously, most people, they fall off their normal job, right? When they get right. off the show, because you're like, okay, well, wait, we can do some, we can, we can have some flexibility here. Yeah. Um, and so when I came to Dallas, I felt um, like a fish out of water, to be honest. Like it's 180 degrees different <laughs> I get <it>. from Seattle. <laughs> I didn't know what my value was because I'm like, wait, I'm just here as your fiance. Like that's, that's crazy. Cause I have this beautiful resume. I have like, I feel like I have a lot to bring to the table, but it's kind of, okay, well, now the sky's the limit, but you have to choose. So I started Loco, which I thought was going to be easy when I was pregnant, which is the <laughs> dumbest thing. If you ever start a business, do not do it while you're pregnant. Although pregnant people decide to like take on a ton of things because they're just, I don't know what it is, but you're super motivated when you're pregnant to just like, do, oh, let's move. You're like, oh, that's a terrible <laughs> idea. But you're like, I don't know. I just got to do something. Um, but I, I did that when I was pregnant with Samuel and I, I brought my love of um, like design to like high end paper goods. And so, and I also wanted to just understand uh, the industry in Dallas because I mm -hmm. just, I felt kind of like, okay, well, I don't know anybody. Uh, I don't know what to do. And I just started talking to a woman who owns her a small business for herself. And I felt like, okay, well, I hope she doesn't take this the wrong way. Cause I've never started anything before, but I asked her like, what do you like, where do you start? And this awesome. And I'll always credit her to the day I die. She, her company's called Southern fried paper. And I, I loved her pieces. She's like an event wedding planner and she does like all the, um, the beautiful pieces for it. And I said, like, is, I hope I'm not stepping on your toes. Please tell me if I am, because I just don't know what to do. But, like, who, do you, who does your paper? And she told me, she's like, girl, you, like, women have to help each other. And you're not going to, like, we're not competitors. So wow. I was like, wow, this is the coolest. Like, that is how I want to start my business. That's yep. how I want to, like, inspire other women. We have to help each other. Like, yes. it's already out there. Mm -hmm. So, um, she helped me out and I started from there and I make, you know, luxury greeting cards. And now we offer plantable cards, which is like the coolest thing that we do. Uh, we have like, er like herb embedded 
uh, wild like oh. cards that have the seeds, so you can plant the card. Stop. You wrote on it. Yeah, I love that. So you can do like it's like basil, thyme, lemon mint, oh and gosh. um. Oh my parsley. Gosh. And then there's also like non-invasive wildflowers. And like, that was, I, I was a, I was kind of a hippie in Seattle. Like I was vegan and I rode the bus and I wore my burpees and all that stuff. <laughs> so like when I started the company, I, I wanted to start with the plantables, but then I didn't want to be only known for that. So we have like this very elevated, it's called blind embossed, which is really hard to see, but it's a very intimate elevated, um, take on a greeting card. So they're they're like keepsakes. They're 100 cotton. They're super thick. So the the cotton ones are ones that aren't plantable, and then our plantable ones are just fully plantable. They use 100 recycled paper. They're made in the states, and everything else about that collection is super conscious. We have you know, recycled envelopes. We have compostable sleeves, and so I just I took that one so to heart, and I absolutely love that collection. People really do too, and it's on. It's only a seasonal product, but mm -hmm. it has a shelf life of three years. Wow. So people can use them. They can gift them. I think they're great for, you know, um, condolences because you don't want to say anything. You don't want to say. So you're like, here's a plant. Mm -hmm. <laughs> here's a card. I love you. And here's a plant. You can plant it and just think about it. It's kind of like a forget-me-not. But mm -hmm. um, I, I just, I love what I do. I feel like it's such a, like, I worked really hard to get to the place where I was professionally. And to kind of have that stop and, and I got to like reassess. Now I get to do things with the flexibility of staying at home with the flexibility of, okay, I'm on maternity leave for a year, uh, putting it on pause if I want to. And that's the beauty of being a, an entrepreneur is really choosing the pace. And I haven't really been like that hardcore climb the ladder person. So Sean and I are just so blessed that we get to do things at our own pace. And then we own our own company. It's tough. I mean, I will not lie. It is, there are so many things. There's tons of challenges to yeah. being in the leadership position. But I think showing your children that you can do varying things and have a balance, uh, that's been like something that I prioritize in my life is a balance, right? Like right now I'm wearing a nice top. I have sweatpants on. So like, <laughs> that's just, like it, it's okay. sure. we can do like we can, right. We can do that and, and feel like we don't need to compromise um, as long as we have our priorities in check. Mm -hmm. And and that's what I've, I've definitely, like, when I started the company, I was like, Oh, I'm going to stay at home and, and work with the, you know, work with my, with my baby on my boob. And you're like, okay, well, it's not really as easy as that, <laughs> but um, eventually you'll get to that place where it's mm -hmm. super flexible and you get to choose. Oh, well, Catherine, you have been so incredible to talk to. I feel mm -hmm. like in a way, I feel like I relate to you so much. It's like all about the work-life balance and you work hard to be able to celebrate and appreciate the moments and the memories with your family and friends in life. And so I'm just so happy that we've had you on today. But I also, for all of our listeners, I truly want to to um, express and just urge you to please go check out Catherine's Loco. And, and Catherine, I'm going to have you plug everything so people can find you, but it's so <laughs> important. And I want to stress like, you know, it's important to not only support women run businesses, but Asian businesses. And so please tell us where all of our listeners can go and find you find Loco. Um, I know I'm going to personally stock up because the, <laughs> these plantables sound incredible. So let us right? know. Yeah. And I, and I pack them personally. So I'll get you to just look at all love. Stuff mm. <laughs> <laughs> I am the janitor. I am the designer. <laughs> Truly a jack of all trades, you guys. <laughs> you gotta do it when you're an entrepreneur. But uh, it's been awesome to to just be on here talking to you guys. I honestly have felt 
very empowered by your, both of your messages in the past year. And I feel like just we have to band together um, and just show show what women are capable of. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, I'm just I'm, women like I could go on about women, but like what would they do without us? Truly, now, they would be chickens with their heads cut off, right? Around, Sitting there twiddling their thumbs, right? Right? What do I do now? Picking like, apples oh off gosh. trees, yep. <laughs> hitting each other, hitting each other, knocking each other down. It really is like women are this ultimate. I, I love it. I think it's so cool. And um, just to kind of keep keep in like holding each other's hands and and like bringing all of us up because. It's just so, it's so important today. It's important yesterday. It's important tomorrow. Um, and I think it's really cool to see, start to see change and to start to see people speak up a little bit more about how, how incredible women are, how incredible people are. And mm-hmm. I just, I, I love people. So. <laughs> <laughs> but before you get off, please tell us where, where our listeners can come okay. find you. Okay. It's go loco, which means go crazy. A lot of people say low and co, but I didn't steal my husband's last name for nothing. It's loco like crazy. Um, so go loco, go crazy. G O L O W E C O. Yes. Yeah, so everyone, please go check yes, out Go Loco. Stock up, support Catherine. Um, and Catherine, it has been such a pleasure. Give those cute little babies hugs and squeezes from us. Give Sean a big hug. I, I haven't seen you guys. I mean, the last time I saw you, we were in New York City number, right? yeah. at the at mm-hmm. a sleep number event, which is like, I have to say, probably the coolest event to just like sit on beds and talk to people <laughs> for a night. That was cool. Um, that was but cool. I, I hope once the world gets back to some somewhat normalcy, we can all reunite Absolutely. and um, just catch up. But thank you for joining Bachelor yes, Happy Hour too. Yeah. So good to uh, see you. you. Nice talking to you guys. You Bye. Too. Take Same. care. Bye. She's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know what? They don't make contestants like that. <laughs> Wait, don't play that. <laughs> don't play that part. Just, she's awesome. Like, yes. awesome. I see why Sean picked her. Um, I've I've met Catherine once, mm-hmm. but gosh, I just like fall deeper in love with her each time yeah, I talk to her. She's just somebody that I think like any kind of woman can can relate to her or like she just makes you feel special like she's not you know sometimes people come off the show and they're like only into the glitz and the glam and the hype and this the bachelor nation if you will and she's i and obviously i didn't know her prior to the show but like she just seems like she stayed so grounded so like who she was before the show is who she is now with just an incredible husband and three incredible kids and like she's a badass businesswoman like yeah she is she and also, I mean, when she said, you know, I have a nice top o- blouse on top, but I'm wearing sweatpants on the bottom. I'm like, girl, it's the, it's the Zoom quarantine look. And I feel All you because I us. do it every day. And I have to say, too, her reputation precedes her. I did not watch um, their season. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been outspoken. I didn't watch the show before I was on it. But um, once I got on the show and I came back to Dallas, mutual friends would speak so highly of Catherine. Mm-hmm. It's it's funny. They were like, no, we never met Sean. We know Catherine. Catherine's mm-hmm. awesome. Catherine's so much fun. She's so like such a good time. Mm-hmm. And she's so great and so warm. And I was like, I got to meet this Catherine. Yeah. I, we have a lot of mutual friends. So mm-hmm. I didn't end up having the chance to meet her. But yeah, she's she's just as lovely. 
in person to talk to on this podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed her just as much. If you weren't familiar with her before, we hope that you do a deep dive into her now, into her company, into her family, into what she represents, um, who she represents. And uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, can't speak highly enough about Catherine. Yes. And please, as always, like make sure you support your fellow women, um, and especially right now, the the Asian businesses, like she just like she said, go loco on Instagram. Um, but I also just loved how she said, just immerse yourself in the culture and appreciate anyone that is different, who acts different, who looks different from you can bring to the table. Um, and so I'm excited. I, I really, truly am to, to see how her children grow up because I feel like they're going to raise those three kiddos so well. Change um, the world. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, and her message it starts with you, you guys. Mm-hmm. Don't mm-hmm. wait for ch- something to happen. Don't wait for change to happen. It starts with you. Yes. Be the difference. Mm-hmm. Preach it, girl. All right, you guys, as always, it has been so much fun hanging out with you this week. And Rachel, I said it last week, but again, I'm so happy to have you back. It's, happy uh, to it's be always back. a great time. So you guys keep writing into us and letting us know your thoughts, maybe who you want to hear on the podcast in the coming weeks. You know where to find us at Bachelor Happy Hour on Instagram and at Batch Happy Hour on Facebook and Twitter. And don't forget, if you never want to miss an episode, please subscribe to our podcast. You can do that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, The Wondery App, or wherever you are listening to our voices right now. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Bye. So this year, I'm really focused on my health, sticking to a routine, and that's why I've been loving Symbiotica. Symbiotica is one of the fastest growing health and wellness companies out right now, and they're one of the only brands that are wholly committed to your health. They don't use any seed oils, no preservatives or toxins in their supplements. They source the best ingredients from all around the world, and they're super easy to take when you're on the go. They also taste good. I try to stay really consistent with my morning routine and something that I always include is taking my supplements every single day. I've been taking these Symbiotica supplements and loving them. My goal has been to support my immune system with the supplements that I've been taking. So I've been taking them every morning with my coffee and my breakfast. Joe does as well. And I've been really loving the results that I've been seeing. My routine, I have my eggs in the morning, I take a Symbiotica and I'm ready to take on the day, hit the gym, I'm more alert, I just feel good. What's even better is that Symbiotica makes it a breeze to stay on track. With a subscription, your supplements arrive at your doorstep every month. Ready to feel the results? Head over to Symbiotica.com and use Bachelor for 15% off your subscription order. There's a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. Show Black Founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. There is power in every purchase because every time we buy a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. Black Founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. Serena, you know what I want to do right now? What's that, Joe? I want to travel because I feel like we've been stuck in this apartment for just a little too long. I couldn't agree more. Honestly, I love getting away. It's great in New York, but I could use a little bit of vacation. There's nothing I enjoy more than going on vacation with you. I agree. (laughs) You're my favorite travel partner. We can go try new restaurants, check out different cities. Should we go right now? I mean, we're always looking for our next place to go. So where should we go? Maybe a beach. I have a good idea. 
take the Beachbound Vacations Perfect Beach Finder Quiz. You could find exactly what you are looking for by taking this five-question assessment. Find your perfect beach vacation and take the perfect Beach Finder Quiz exclusively at beachbound.com.